welcome back to the Spook Show. I'm your host, Boone, and with me as always are Nephi and Cattle. Hello. Fish is still MIA after accepting an invitation to go to a millionaire's haunted house themed party, but she's had a ghost deliver some hastily scrawled notes. This month, we're covering another incredible horror icon, Vincent Price. Born on May 27th, 1911, in St. Louis, Missouri, it's hard to imagine a better example of living life to its fullest than Vincent Price. On top of appearing in over a hundred films, he did a ton of television, radio, and stage play work, and beyond that, he had a huge passion for art and cooking. That's right, you can buy cookbooks co-written by Vincent Price, which is just fucking awesome. He also once cooked an entire fish dinner on the Johnny Carson show using a fucking dishwasher. <laughs> so, that's insane. Uh, he hunted ghosts with Scooby-Doo, and he contributed narration to, as everybody probably knows, Michael Jackson's Thriller. But also, for Alice Cooper's song Devil's Food, he also had a cameo in De uh, Alice Cooper's uh, Welcome to My Nightmare music video, and he also did some narration on Deep Purple's live album, The Butterfly's Ball, and The Grasshopper's Feast. So he did a lot. Did a yeah. lot of shit. Uh, Price's first film role was in 1938's Service Deluxe, which was a comedy of all things. Uh, he wouldn't enter the horror realm until a year later alongside another horror legend, Boris Karloff, in the film Tower of London. From there, his horror journey would take him from 50s sci-fi monster horror all the way up to the modern gothic stylings of Tim Burton. Vincent Price died on October 25th, 1993, and while he may be gone, his impact on the horror genre will never be forgotten. Yeah, no, there, I saw a, uh, a clip of uh, him cooking the fish dinner on the Carson show, and it was like, insane. Yeah, I've not heard of that. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was really good. And the way he described, like, because he, he's, he's describing this, this process... And it, like, why a, why a washing machine of, like, a dishwasher of all things? Not a washing machine, a dishwasher, sorry. But, but it, it makes, it actually makes, like, a staggering amount of sense to cook, like, a fish in the dishwasher, because, like, you don't put any soap in it, obviously, or any dirty dishes right. in there. It's just, it's just the fish mm -hmm. wrapped in tinfoil. But it gets, it gets really hot and it steams stuff. It steam it, the thing is designed oh. to steam things. So if you want like a steamed fish or like any kind of steamed meal, like it's actually kind of uniquely designed to do that perfectly. Uh, okay, so there is a cookbook on Amazon called Cooking Price Wise, a Culinary mm. Legacy. Yes. I want it. I'm just letting uh, you know. Oh, I'd be hey, yeah, hey. I'd love to have some yeah. Vincent Price cookbooks in the house. Like, I want that and I want the Snoop Dogg cookbook. Let's go. Right. <laughs> um yeah, no, Vincent Price is just, like, especially watching these films, he just, he's a banger, man. He is, he is good at what he does. I did not, I did not, not enjoy my time here. <laughs> did not, not enjoy it? No, yeah, right. I think I used the double negative properly, maybe. Probably yeah. not. But, no, you did. Oh, hey. Um, but, like, great. I think this is just, he is, he is a great actor and is renowned as such for very good reasons. Like, 
especially seeing him in House of Usher. Like, I was just right taken away. Well, before but, we get to House of Usher, uh-huh. we're starting with House on Haunted Hill from 1959, which right. was Kettle's pick, which I think this is the only one you had seen previously, right? Do I remember that It's correctly? more or less... Uh, really kind of the only one I even really knew, like, because ah, okay. for me, Vincent Price is just, I've always known him as, yeah, like, just like, oh, old-timey spooky horror man, like, right. <laughs> and I knew, of, I knew of House on Haunted Hill, and, like, I know he did a bunch of other stuff, but, like, just, you know, hadn't really seen it, because it's, you know, fairly before my time, right. but, yeah, House on Haunted Hill was, like, the one that, like, I knew about, it was, like, the, uh, the big one, and, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun uh, with it, because I, I think I had seen it before, like, a few years ago, and, like, maybe half-watched it, because, like, I remember bits and pieces. Right. Um, but, yeah, th- this one was great. It, it hits all the, the notes of things that I like for uh, these kinds of old-timey movies. Uh, granted, kind of all comparing it back to just Night of the Demon. Right. Um, but black and white, old-timey, like, you know, everybody's wearing suits and everything. Uh, it, within like the first twenty minutes, I think there were four drinks offered. Like yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and like yeah, it, it just has a lot of that kind of fun suspense stuff. I feel like the special effects they did really well for the time. Like yeah, I really enjoyed all of those. Like even in their kind of silliness now, like they're still pretty enjoyable and like. In, in, in their creepy in their own right, I feel like. Yeah, like the severed heads and whatnot. Like, I, the mm-hmm. severed heads and the whatever makeup they did on the um, the lady caretaker as she's, like, ghostified and, like, moving across the room was, was very creepy. Right? Mm-hmm. She did, they did a good job with that, and especially having her float outside the window. Oh, yeah, when uh, the, the wife shows up outside mm-hmm. the window, yeah. Yeah, no, I... I I don't know how many times I've I've seen this one, but yeah, because it it is it's one of those like kind of classics that like shows up all all over the place. Where even if you don't really watch a ton of horror stuff or a ton of older horror stuff, like you've probably either seen or at least heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's such a damn cozy movie because like it's it's yes, got the haunted absolutely. house like birthday party theme. Uh, and it's also just like that William Castle style of, mm-hmm. of like, I love that, like in the opening, like the, the entire opening segment is just like a pure fourth wall break straight, talking straight to the audience about yeah, like, what we're going to be seeing. To me. <laughs> yeah. Like there are ghosts. Oh no. Like setting the stage and like already like kind of setting up the, the plot, but also like the atmosphere of the movie where it's kind of lighthearted and fun, but it's also a bit spooky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also just, like, the one thing that I always keep coming back to whenever I see this one is I just, I absolutely love the um, the chemistry of hatred between Vincent Price's character and his wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, like, that, was, uh, <laughs> that was something else. Like that whole scene of them talking in the bedroom, like how how she she tried to poison him and he's trying to kill her and they hate each and other. So he just like grabs the back of her head and is like, "You're gonna go to the party, <laughs> right?" Like they they just okay. There's that '50s spirit. <laughs> yeah, but like they just the the hatred is just mutual and like, but they're still like maintaining this kind of like almost cordial. <laughs> yeah, like it's cordial hatred. 
<laughs> like well, they're totally I'm trying to, to kill, kill you. Each, yeah, <laughs> they're totally trying to kill each other, but they're being like proper and and cordial about it. Mhm. Uh But yeah, like I I love the house. I love the setting of the house and all of the it was like very well shot. Yeah. That house still exists by the way, like the exterior of the house that oh. you see in the in the movie, like that house still exists. Ooh. You, you can go to it. Where is it? I believe it's in California. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think one of the other things, like, I love that the whole thing, like, the, the haunting part of the movie is kind of almost ancillary. Like, there may not be any ghosts, but there could be. Yeah. But it runs counter to, like, everything else that's actually happening in the movie. It's just, like, the actual plot of the movie are, are the husband and wife just trying to do murder schemes on each other. Uh, with the trappings of, like, ghosts and haunted houses... But but it doesn't it doesn't like um like everything could be explained away as like a gimmick, but there still could be ghosts around. And it also ties into um Pratchett's whole um explanation of like the, the murders in the house where he's like they were they were never like, you know, straight, simple murders. They were always like weird and complicated. Mm-hmm. And like, and now we have two more murders in the house that are weird and complicated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think this also is maybe the first time that I really, because like I knew the plot, but like one of those things, like you watch it the first time, and like the twist comes up, and you're like, oh shit. But like subsequent viewings, like I just kind of like took it for granted, like what the twist was, and I didn't really look that deeper into it. This is, like, the first time that I actually, like, watched closely enough to see, like, little hints of the twist coming, which there are. Like, the way that the, um, the, the doctor, I think his name was Trent, um, -hmm. like, the way he reacts and the way that, um, Annabelle, the wife, reacts to the party and like the little sly questions they keep asking Vincent Price of like, well, why did you invite all these people? Like what are like, and what am I doing here? And da 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 da. Like they're like coyly trying to like figure out on their end. If he knows, if Vincent Price knows that Trent is the other man. Yeah. Cause there's that whole thing of like, Oh, aren't you coming to your party? And he's like, well, not with the people you invited or whatever. Yeah. She's like, I don't know anyone. And yeah, yeah she's trying very, very hard to be like, I, uh, these people are strangers to me. And the doctor as well had moments where he's like, try Like there was like little, like not obvious, but pointed questions to like, kind of prod him into like letting something slip that he just, toys with <laughs> uh which i thought was really cool like really cool kind of fun um rewatch fodder yeah uh also uh i love uh alicia cook jr uh who played pratchett i think we, mm-hmm. we saw him previously briefly in rosemary's baby uh and he's been a he's been in a number he was in a lot of william castle movies mm-hmm and he was kind of like one of those like that guys from the era. Ah. 
But uh, yeah, also like the other note I have is there's there's not enough vats of acid in horror flicks these days. We need to bring yeah. back more vats of acid, just like casually hanging out in the. Whatever basement. happened to that? Yeah. yeah whatever yeah. happened to the vats of acid? Dang. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that was mostly my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. I just uh, like, it's it's one of those ones where like it's kind of hard to like go in depth and talk about it at length because like at least for me because like it's so familiar you know mm-hmm. and it and it's such a classic that it's like well shit i don't know like it's just fun yeah <laughs> there's a reason people still watch it today yeah yeah uh i think the only thing like I, again william castle um he, he was known for like theater gimmicks which again is not like vats of ass is another like it, it it it's not done nearly enough these days but he would like do gimmicks that were staged in the theaters themselves that played that happened during the movie so i believe if i remember correctly um the gimmick for this one was at uh, at some certain key moment or maybe it was right at the end a a skeleton on wires would shoot out of of the wall and like fly over the audience (laughs) and freak them out it was when they uh rise when the when the skeletons rise from the acid vat in the film. That would make sense. It would it would either be mm-hmm. in, during that moment or um right at the end when they're doing that like wrap up of like the go the ghosts are satisfied now, but they'll be back and maybe they'll come for you. Like that could also I could see that being a great moment that the skeleton comes out and mm-hmm. freaks everyone out at the very end. Um but yeah, no, I I love the like I wish I I could have experienced like some William Castle gimmick like movie gimmick stuff because like they all seemed like really fun and, and crazy. Uh, Did yeah. anybody else catch that the end title credits listed skeleton? Yes, by himself as, as himself. Oh, I didn't notice yes. that. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I and also I have I just have the wiki page pulled up and it, it it's in the cast list as well, just at the very bottom, skeleton as himself. Well, yeah. I wonder. I wonder what else uh, Skeleton got up to. If he, if he was a one and done, or yeah, does he have an IMDb page? Yeah, IMDb. You know what? Actually, hold on. I'm gonna. Tr- I'm gonna check this out on the fly because, like, he's in the credits, so he should. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Unless, unless IMDb is just like not cool. House on Hunt Hill, the 1959. Also, yeah, he does this have was... an IMDb page. He does skeleton and skeleton. Yep. Oh yeah, it's his only credit. Ah, uh, he was. He, they do have his height listed though. The skeleton was uh, five foot four. Okay. Hey. Wait, and he's got children. He's got a. He's got a child who is also skeleton. Wait, hold on. Oh. Okay, skeleton two, skeleton the second. Known for Mad Night Movies, a TV series. He appeared in one episode in 2014 as himself. His father is Skeleton. <laughs> he was known for his work in House on Haunted Hill and the lost skeleton of... Cadavara? Cadavara. Cadavara. Okay, well they don't have is the lost skeleton on Skeleton's IMDb page. Somebody needs to fix that, damn it. <laughs> skeleton. I think got the photo for him too. I love it. 
<laughs> oh man, I gotta sign up for IMDb Pro. I gotta get Skeleton's contact info and agent info. I, I get we get Skeleton on as a guest, or maybe oh. maybe Skeleton Junior. I don't know. Skeleton oh, might not be God. around anymore, but Skeleton Junior. Oh, never mind. I'm not gonna question that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the lifespan of Skeleton. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. That's that's the, um, well. I mean, he's gotta be still around. He doesn't have like a date of death yeah. or anything like that. So doesn't have a date of birth either. So. Yeah, yeah. Skeleton has always been here. Ske oh. Skeleton is with you always. <laughs> you saw, could be you had, I, right I, now. I am when there was... crow. You could see uh, where he tracks on the popularity roll. Oh, oh, I see it on the rank. star meter. Star meter. Star yeah, meter. there we go. Well, I mean, I don't want my heart to be broken because, like, if that number is like, if he isn't number one, I'm just gonna like not trust the. Star meter ever again. Hey, I'm gonna charge back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Skeleton is always with you. Those those moments where you look back and there's only one set of footprints in the sand. That those were the moments when Skeleton carried you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I don't know uh, if I got anything else for House on Haunted Hill other than, like, it's a fucking classic, and if you ain't seen it, you should see it. Like, yeah, I say, it's, it's a classic, and it got a shitload of categories from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's see. What did it get? It got um, most uh, comfiest, for sure, um, and most quotable, just because, like, Again, I love I love the dialogue. I love like pretty much like all the back and forth between uh, uh, Vincent Price's character and his wife is just great. And then also pretty much anything uh, Pratchett says is just so good. <laughs> and I love yeah, and it was it was a super booze filled movie as well. Like uh, it's probably got one of the higher alcohol counts that I've seen at nine. And and a lot of that was Pratchett. <laughs> Pratchett just yeah. guzzling booze the entire time. Yeah, he's like, "Fuck this! I don't want to be here." Jesus Christ! <laughs> but yeah, those are the only two it got from me. Mm -hmm. Oh wait, what the fuck am I doing? I gotta read Fish's notes. I'm fucking dumb. Where did I put her notes? Wait, shit. Where did I put her notes? Oh no. Oh no. Ah, there they are. I got way too many fucking tabs open. Alright, House on Haunted Hill from Fish. The elegance of this movie astounds me every time that I watch it. There's magic in the way Vincent Price's Lauren makes himself simultaneously present and absent within the game the rich old man sets up. I think the most notable form of this is the very thin veil Lauren and Annabelle have around the... have around... wave around! Sorry, that's, that's not her writing, that's me squinting at the screen. Uh, what was I? The, the Thin Veil Lauren and Annabelle wave around that hardly hides their absolute loathing of each other. It's actually pretty cute how they flirt almost like Morticia and Gomez with all the love sucked out. Yeah, kind of. I can see that. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, Morticia and Gomez are just like pure, like weird, spooky love. These guys are pure, spooky, <laughs> like loathing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give that. 
most movies in the 50s, but especially ones starring refined and unique actors such as Vincent are reminiscent of stage plays, which, yeah, uh, I would have liked would have liked to see him and Edward Herman on a stage together. The robustness of Edward Herman's voice and demeanor combined with Vincent's airy and mysterious counterparts could make for something of a hit out of a mystery horror like this one. I know the name Edward Herman. I gotta look that up. Oh, this guy! He oh, oh, he played, um... He played, I think, Herman Munster in one of the new Munster uh, uh, TV shows. Yeah. Uh, I mostly that. know him as Max from the Lost Boys, the uh, the evil uh, head vampire guy. Oh. Okay. Uh... Seen this movie over and over again throughout the years, and it remains one of my top favorites in the foundations of horror. Uh, and she's got some favorite quotes. <laughs> Darling, the only ghoul in the house is you. <laughs> and yes, arsenic on the rocks. <laughs> so, okay. There, there we go. I'll, I'll remember to do that. I'm Did still she give it any categories? Uh, she gave it, she did give it some categories. She gave it, uh, favorite story, mm -hmm. favorite po poster, comfiest movie, and most entertaining. Mm -hmm. So a bucket of stuff. Hey. I gave it a comfiest movie. Yeah. Kettle, Kettle gave it. Like, oh, the whole, yeah, I the gave whole, it a lot the of full things. Sweep almost. <laughs> I'm near it. Yeah, uh, I got favorite kill because the skeleton pushing her into the acid was hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite poster, the comfiest. Uh, favorite music just because it kind of has that that old timey horror. Spooky, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, favorite SFX for similar reasons, like we talked about, like the makeup and everything, and also skeleton. Skeleton. Uh, yeah. And well, skeleton was not special effects. Skeleton is skeleton. He was a cast. Well, I just member. I really liked how the makeup looked on him. They did do some good makeup on him. Yeah. Yeah. They really highlighted his cheekbones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, most entertaining as such. Ah. Mm. All right. Well, I suppose we can move on to Neffy's pick, which was 1963. Wait, hold on. Oh yeah, no, I already scrolled down. 1960s. Sorry, House of okay. I'm a fucking mess tonight. Jesus Gosh. Christ. Gosh. Directed by the infamous Roger. Well, famous. He's famous. He's famous. Yeah. yeah. I don't know Roger if Roger Corman. Corman is infamous. No, that's what I was saying. Like I was like, that's not the proper word to use there. <laughs> uh, but for being very um, thrifty with his 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 movie shots. Mm. Um, but yes, so here we come to a movie about a man who met a pretty lady in a lovely story. <laughs> Wait, this isn't the Brady Bunch. No. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he finds a pretty lady and he's like, all right, I want to marry you. So I'll pick you up in like six months. Ready for me, Kay? And he comes by to see her, and the brother, who clearly 
loves her in all the wrong ways. We must be in Alabama. Um, <laughs> no, I think this is New England. Right. Uh, and uh, all kinds of debauchery ensues and a curse. And I put that in very strong quotation marks because the only curse is that dang brother, Roderick. Mm. I mean, with a name like Roderick, you're just you're doomed to be an asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, you, you don't really attribute like the name Roderick with being like, oh yeah, he's like a cool, chill dude. It's always right? like a baron or like like a, a spoiled little brat. Right is what I think of when I think of the name Roderick. But, so yeah, he he buries his daughter, his his sister, knowingly alive, mm-hmm. and apparently has super hearing, so he can hear her clawing at the coffin the entire time she's buried. She, she it's just it's fucking insane. And Vincent Price was delightful in the sense of like, good God. I hated him, but, like, it was such a good performance. He was yeah. utterly creepy. And, like, the fact that loud noises hurt him. Like, there was just that one scene where he's sitting there. And, like, you could just see every word is just, like, he winces or his fate. Like, he's trying to get away from the noise. And, like, man, he was so good. Like, I don't know how it would fare in, like, today's acting world. Because, like, acting when he was acting was way different. Yeah, it's a lot more, like, stage now. play acting. Yeah. And whatnot, yeah. But, like, oh, man, I loved his performance in that. But it was so good. To be fair, like, I feel like over the years, like, acting has gotten, like, it, it starts out, like, coming, movie acting starts out coming directly from stage plays, which you have to be big and over the top so that the people in the back row can still, like, see what you're doing. And then as people understood like filmmaking more and more and, and acting shifted, it got, it got like more subtle and subtle and subtle, but I feel like we've gone too far in the subtle spectrum these days. Cause I swear to God, so many performances I've seen these days are so subtle. They might just be a block of wood. Like yeah. they're just like, say what you will about over the top acting. It's, it's fun to look at. Yeah. Under the top acting puts you to goddamn sleep. This is and makes you just like not give a shit at all. At least to me. Um so I I for one that I would champion a return to the old uh stage acting style of it being like big and refined and kind kind of in your face. Uh but yeah, no, Vincent Price, like, this is probably, like, one of, it's gotta be, like, one of his best performances that I've seen, because it's, it's such an interesting, um, juxtaposition, because, like, he's, he's, like, a villain, and he's, like, a tyrant, but his, because of his sensitivities to everything, he's, like, incredibly vulnerable at all times. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's this monster, but he's, like, physically just, like, weak. Yeah. Well, physic to a degree, because, like, I mean, he did. He did still manage some. Well, no, because, like, he. The whole reason he was able to bury her alive is because he knew of her condition. And. Mm-hmm. God, he's such a scuzzball. Like, I he love him. Yeah, he is. He really is. And, like, his performance is just. Man. 
But like also her fiance was pretty useless. <laughs> Let's be a hundred percent honest. Like I he mean, was he was like he he could have like Oh no. Oh I don't know. I just feel like he he's such a he just no common sense like why would you stop searching for her if you don't think she's that you don't go to sleep did he go to like i thought he overexerted himself and like passed the fuck out he no he climbed into or a had bed like a mental collapse oh i don't remember that i i remember like the lead up to the dream sequence like i thought he had like collapsed and like the butler guy took him to bed from what I remember, he, he sat in bed. Like, he, he got into that bed himself. Was that when he knew she was still alive, or was that when he thought she was dead? I don't think he ever thought she was dead. He no, he didn't. Truly believe- well, he, uh, well. Yeah, they had the funeral and everything, and he didn't see her moving. He was he was in grief. He was in grief, but then he then he asked like the first time, like he's like, "Is she dead?" And he wouldn't confirm or deny. So he then he was like, "Oh my god, you sick fuck! You buried her alive!" And yeah, like, that he started searching, and then he passed out. Well, not passed out, but like he went to go lay down. Like, oh, he kept I going, again, I like, thought he passed out. No, he kept he kept <laughs> or had like a mental like, collapse. He kept arguing with Roderick, and I'm like, mofo, like. Pick him up and just tell him where to, like, tell him if he doesn't tell you, you're going to throw him down some stairs or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Scream in his ear louder. Like, what? Are you, you clearly don't care about, like, how you're presenting yourself because you've already screamed at him. You have already called him insane. Right. Like, and like the actor was fine like i had no issues with uh mark damon uh i I think he did a really good job and uh i think it's mirna fahey uh she she was great i loved her i loved her uh like she was just this very polite docile woman and then all of a sudden man you trap her she she did the crazy (laughs) eyes good she has some crazy eyeballs and i loved it but yeah, there's got quite a few from me. See, I just thought that dude had like some some serious commitment because like he see even after seeing how batshit her family is, he still wants to marry her. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love you. <laughs> Damn, that's that's some commitment you don't see nowadays. Yeah. Um I also like the just the concept of like a family tomb. Like mm-hmm. fucking oh, fucking crazy. rich people luxuries. It's like, oh yeah, we've just got our dead relatives buried in the basement. Want to go see? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> On the one hand, that's kind of like weird, but at the same time, it's kind of like like spooky cool. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you want? We don't have to go to the graveyard, baby. We just got to go downstairs. I don't know if I'd want a tomb. I wouldn't mind a, like, like I told you, I want, like, an old school church that has, like, a graveyard in the back. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could get that, I would, and I would properly tend to the graveyard. Like, I would, I would clean it up and make sure it's properly taken care of. But, like, I just like the idea of having that cycle, like, life, death, and, in, in, like, I don't know, it's kind of like a yin-yang, like, 
proper balance kind of thing, and I just like the idea of it being on the same property. Right. Uh, this is also the movie where we, we, or at least I discovered the secret mini theme for this month, which is apparently chandeliers nearly crushing people. Oh, yeah, it that happened did happen in, in, like, every single one. Almost. Or at least it's, something almost crushing people. It, yeah. And, and Haunted Hill in this one, it's a chandelier specifically. Uh, and Diary of a Madman, I believe it's like a, a vase or something that nearly oh, crushes I, I, I think that's probably one of the earliest, like, horror tropes. Yeah, right? Because that is a trope. Like, you always think of, like, the chandelier, like, falling and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like, again, not so, not just like the vat of acid, not as much these days. Yeah. yeah. But but from, from a certain time period, it's like, oh, yeah, and then the chandelier comes down. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's like, look out! <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no. Uh, I also, I fucking, like... If I could find, like, good prints of, like, the family portraits from this movie. Oh, yeah, dude. Some of those look oh, yeah. really cool. Fucking beautiful. Like, creepy and beautiful. I love the family portraits. Mm -hmm. So much so that I commented on it, like, twice. I was like, there's some great family portraits. And then, like, two notes down. I'm like, seriously, though, I want these. Yes, <laughs> it is. It's not a category or whatever, but if we did a like set design thing, right? Uh, this would absolutely would have won it for me because I did love just kind of everything about the entire the house and uh, everything, the whole house. Yeah, yeah. No, it's with the winding staircase and the um, the crack that keeps growing and mm -hmm. the family tomb in the basement and the portraits. Yeah, no, visually, it's like this movie is a visual feast. Um, with the, especially with like the like the technicolor like vibrant colors and everything. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Very I noticed striking. that big time. Yeah. The artist of so I'm I'm glad that you're you're going on about how much you loved them portraits there, good sir. Mm -hmm. That those portraits were done by Bert Schoenberg. Schoenberg? It might be Schoenberg. S H O N B E R G, the psychedelic nineteen sixties artist. Okay. And, those paintings um so he actually has a biography Ooh. out there the transcendent life and art of bert schoenberg um which i would i'd love be into reading to, yeah, yeah but it's about the la it's not only about him but also the la bohemia in the 60s and 70s okay um but so yeah his art is it's possible that we would be able to get prints. Yeah, so, like, yeah, a lot of his stuff was, like, really creepy. Like, so, um, what is it? So, Schoenberg conceived the five family portraits. Um, he's got one that kind of inspired them called the Black Egg. Um, oh, God. That, 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 well, not that he did, but, like, one that inspired it. That one, uh, the Black Egg is done by Marjorie Cameron. But, um... Yeah, like you can there there are close ups of each and every one of these and I'm pretty sure there are reprints. There's gotta of be them. yeah, there's gotta be prints. Yeah. Uh like he's got like a lot of really cool uh he died in seventy seven, unfortunately, at forty four. Mm. Damn. Um, yeah. Uh, basically his artwork was all about beckoning us onward into the realm of our dreams. Uh, I can which see I that. can definitely see, yeah. Yeah. 
So, like, it was... Yeah, it would be really cool to... See if we could get those. Because, like, I wouldn't mind having those in the house. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So... Uh... But yeah, there's also, like, for me, like, there's just, like, because also, like, uh, this is based on the Edgar Allan Poe story, Fall of the House of Usher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Vincent Price did, like, a lot of uh, Edgar Allan Poe, like, this was, I don't remember if this was the first one, but it was one in a series he did for Roger Corman, all based on uh, Edgar Allan Poe, Poe movies. Uh, which I think I've seen most, if not all of, and they're all, like, really good. This one's probably the best of the batch for, for me, but there's just, and I think he, he's, he's done, Vincent Price did, um, other Edgar Allan Poe, uh, related performances throughout his career as well. And there really is for me, like something that hits different about Vincent Price doing Edgar Allan Poe. Like he's just like, he does it so well. And it feels like he, like, I'm sure, like, I'm sure he had like a lot of fun and a lot of care to like all of his performances, but, like, there's something about him doing Edgar Allan Poe that feels like he's in his element. And he's just, like, eating it up and loving it. I remember, I think it, I think that might have been the one that I almost picked for this month, where it was literally just, um, it's called An Evening of, An Evening of Edgar Allan Poe, or An Evening with Edgar Allan Poe. And mm-hmm. the, all it is, is, um, Vincent Price, by himself, uh, like it's kind of like a stage play, like a, like a one actor stage play of Vincent Price performing three Edgar Allan Poe tales, and it's like as far as like a movie, like it's it's not really much of a movie because it's like literally one dude on a set, but as far as performance goes and, and everything like that, like he 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 goes in, and it's just like so cool to watch. Um. And this one, especially, like, so much of the the horror and the intrigue of, of this whole movie is pretty much lying right on his shoulders the whole time. And, like, his performance and, and his deliveries, and he just, like, knocks it right out of the park. Uh, it's probably one of the few times Vincent Price performance, like, kind of like... Um, talking last month about Bruce Campbell and Bubba Hotep, where it's like, you think Bruce Campbell, like, you know, like, the performance is going to be good, but it's going to be Bruce Campbell. Unless you're talking about Bubba Hotep, where, like, he becomes Elvis. And you kind of forget it's Bruce Campbell. This one is kind of like, for me, like, Vincent Price's version of that, because, like, he just, he looks completely different. He's got the blonde hair. He doesn't have the mustache. So already visually, he looks like not like the Vincent Price everyone is used to, and then the performance is also much different than like what people think of when they think of Vincent Price, which at least in my mind is something more akin to like the role he had in House on Haunted Hill, where like he's very regal and very dapper, uh, very gentlemanly, mm-hmm. uh, and this he's basically just a monster, <clears throat> but like a weird, quirky monster. Um, so I absolutely love the the performance. Um, so we're making a trip out to Cleveland, Ohio. Oh yeah, because that is where currently all of Bert, uh, Shonen Schoenberg's art is being kept. Oh shit! Yeah, at least from what I'm gathering, I still need to do a little bit more work. But yeah, apparently the Buckland Museum of 
witchcraft and magic in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, well, that just sounds like a fun place to visit regardless. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Stephen Romano Gallery in Brooklyn are pleased okay. to present the first exhibit of art by the L.A. visionary Bert Schoenberg. Oh, it was, okay, so it was open August 17th and continues through October 1st of 2021, so this was last year, but it was recent. Uh. Yeah. So there's a chance it might happen again, but he does have a site that you can buy some of his artwork. And I, I'm gonna put it right out here. I may have found my new favorite artist, and like that's saying something. But his yeah. stuff just is so like it's at least uh, I mean I, I haven't looked at any of his other stuff, but like the the examples in House of Usher, like yeah, they're so hauntingly beautiful, like and kind of. Like it's the it's that thing that I love. It's it's like kind of like Clive Barker style, mm-hmm. where it's there's like a dream dreaminess to it, but it's less dreamy and more nightmarey. But the nightmare is presented just so vividly and so beautifully that it's just it's wonderful to look at. Uh. But then, and of course, because this was also a Roger Corman uh, thing, uh, the Roger Corman principle of of movie making, when the monster is dead, the movie is over. And this one ends the same way, very abruptly. The the monster is dead, the house is sunk into the swamp, movie's done. We're we're done here. (laughs) Go Mm -hmm. home. Yeah. That is that is a hundred percent correct. <laughs> uh, no, I I really like I enjoyed this though. It was it was a good performance. Um, Cattle, what do you think? Um, I enjoyed it overall. Um, I thought it was uh, kind of talking about him doing the the pose stuff. Like I feel like he really embodied that super well in that whole uh, general vibe. Even if he is yeah, like just being a asshole scummy dude right um but he played it really really well um so yeah i i overall i i did find it enjoyable it's just uh of of all the things we watched like the competition was fierce as it were mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and this is actually hailed as one of his best performances too yeah, yeah. i was looking at the imdb page for that mm-hmm. i see a lot of stuff on here mm-hmm um, oh, there was a book that was written by Vincent Price called Monsters. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man, there's a whole bunch of the I Know What I Know. I Like What I Know, a visual autobiography by Vincent Price. Dude! He also, yeah, he also um, wrote or or compiled, um, I know, some, some art books, because he was also, like, very into art. He was, uh, and he yeah. was also very into um, making sure, like the average, like the average person had access to art. That mm-hmm. it wasn't just locked up in like stuffy museums, where only like or, or like in mansions where only rich people could like appreciate mm-hmm. the art. Like he wanted to bring art to as many people as possible. Right, uh, and I think that was also kind of his mindset with the uh, the cooking, uh, the cookbooks and whatnot, where he's like, you know, he wanted to bring more fine dining type cuisine, but make it so that like you know the average person could like appreciate it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. 
No, I, I really do, though, like, enjoy his, his performance. I, I, like, I just enjoyed everyone's performance in this. Yeah, no, I loved all the performances. Like, even the uh, the little butler guy, mm-hmm. where he's just, like, he's not insane, but, like, he's been living with insanity so long that he's just like, yeah, this is just normal. This is just my life. <laughs> this is who I am. Like... Look, bro, I'm just, like, the butler, man. Like, I gotta live here. Like, <laughs> this is just how shit is. Uh, let's see what Fish had to say. Yeah. I love symbolism. Poe is pretty great at that. The story is actually created to reveal the same thing Poe consistently worked on. And that's the human condition and a descent into madness. In this case, the ushers are utterly convinced they're going to die, and so they do, under the house that is literally breaking apart. Uh, An example of this is when Philip yells at Roderick about taking his sister away. The way Vincent's hands go up to his ears is so very expressive. He almost looks like a caricature of a chimpanzee holding its head in distress. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Vincent tends to teeter on the precipice of overdramatic many times in this movie, but the twist of sadness keeps him at, at bay. Uh, they're not going to care for something they know is going to kill them, so they haven't cared for themselves, convinced of their curse. I liked it. It's a story filled with angst, so it's hard to swallow such drama, but it's not a bad movie or rendition at all. And she's got a favorite quote. Uh... I think you had better leave, Mr. Winthrop. I think you need some light in this house, Mr. Usher. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I remember, like, the first time, like, how good this movie is. I remember, and it's also why I gave it, um, well, I guess I'll go through the other ones I gave it. I gave it favorite story because I love the story. I love um, just the setting and kind of like what, what fish pointed on just like that like we believe we are damned therefore we are damned like mm-hmm. slow descent and just like the twisted nature of like burying your sister alive and her going from like this sweet innocent person to being this raving bloodthirsty maniac like is a great like Especially for, like, your female lead. Like, not a lot of movies would have the balls to, like, utterly transform their female lead or, or any of their lead characters into just raving maniacs that are not going to get better. Like, they're gone. They're, they're just insane now. Yeah, uh, especially, like, as, like, and not, not, like, she was very pretty she was the leading lady like yeah it yeah. was weird for that to happen yeah because typically it should have been like the the typical format i f- feel for like stories like that would be like you know the dude saves her and they escape and the brother dies and the castle sinks into the swamp and then they go and live happily ever after no there are no happy endings here no nope. uh which is yeah cool. i did like how it uh like phrased it at the end it's like the house like uh, went into I think it was like the smoldering tarn or whatever. Yeah. I just really like that uh, that phrasing because it really just I don't know set the stage for like just how awful and shitty that was. Right, and yet so awful and shitty and like kind of like a down kind of depressing story. But the but that set against like how vividly bright and colorful everything is. Yeah, 
to the almost to the movie's detriment because like they keep talking about how dark it is in the house but like not for from our eyes our eyes like it's perfectly well normally lit and we can see everything but i'm not gonna give the movie too much shit over that because like the set design and everything is so fucking gorgeous that i want to be able to see it yeah for sure (laughs) so like fair enough i believe that they believe that house is like almost pitch black but for the sake of me, the moviegoer, I want to see what's going on, and I want to see the sets. Right. They look really cool. <laughs> Give me that Technicolor goodness. Hell yeah. Uh, scariest movie you got from me, also, I think, because, yeah, the concept of, like, being buried alive is always a freaky one. Um, but Sleeper Hit, I gave it Sleeper Hit, and, and here's what... So my the first time that I saw this was... At a stage in my my movie-going experience where, like, I, I had gotten more hardcore into horror stuff, but I was more in- interested in seeing, like, like, for me, I'm like, I want, you know, gory, fucked up, dark horror. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I have no interest in anything made pre-1980, because before then horror movies just didn't have any balls and the special effect like the the special effects were garbage and they're just boring like i was in that mindset for a minute um but that's when i saw this and this was probably the the movie that snapped me out of that mindset because i watched it and it blew me the fuck away as to like how good it was how interesting it looked uh and just like like everything about it like hit me the right way uh even though it was kind of ran counter to like what i was craving from horror movies at the time so even though like it was kind of well known like the reason i saw it at all is because it was very well regarded so i was willing to give it a chance but even for me that's what made it a sleeper hit because it was kind of like oh it's gonna be some like dusty boring old edgar Allan poe (laughs) movie and then I got to the end of it, I'm like, I fucking love this shit. Like, what the hell? It's like the greatest movie ever, so sleeper hit. What the fuck? I love classic literature now. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the fucked up thing, because I did before. Like, this is the sort of movie that, like, when in my early days, before I knew that I was a horror freak, but I still watched, like, horror all the time, it would have been stuff like this or, like, House on Haunted Hill that I would be watching and loving. So it got me, this was the one that I guess pulled me back into remembering like, oh wait, I do, like, I don't have to like discount these movies just because I only liked them when I was a kid and kid me was an idiot. <laughs> like maybe current me is also an idiot and I should give so, these movies more of a chance. Sometimes kid you gets it right. Sometimes. <laughs> Not often though. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm only speaking of my own kid me. Oh, I'm just thinking in terms of just like, oh, every once in a while something I enjoyed from back then holds up. It's not super often, but every once in a while it's like, all right, I was onto something here. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's the ones it got for me. It uh, got uh, favorite story from me. Yeah. Uh, favorite poster. Mm-hmm. Scariest movie because, like. A, the fact that your brother's got kind of a boner for you, and then B, like, he buried you alive because he's got a boner for you. Right. Problematic and scary (laughs) AF. This is why I want to be cremated. 
and you better fucking make sure I'm dead. Like, I better be <laughs> dead dead. Like, don't bury me. Don't fight, like, or, like, yeah. Install one of them, them safety dead. bells. Yeah. That they used yeah. to put into the graves. Yeah, where, yeah, to make sure. They figured out Catatonia was a thing, and they're like, all right, let's just install a bell. <laughs> right? And now I'm just like, uh, this is why just cremate me. Because then even if I'm not gone, I ain't going to be buried alive. I'm just going to be dead. I am going to be dead dead. Like, they're, 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 yeah. So, uh, buried alive, no thank you, ma'am, sir, gentle person. Um, and it got. Uh, most entertaining for me I really did enjoy all of the performances especially the tepid sister to raging fucking loon <laughs> loved it uh see fish did not give it anything and neither did I and, and like I said it's not for not enjoying it it's just other stuff I other, enjoyed better. Yeah. Over, overall, no, overall, it was still, yeah, it was quite good. That's the thing. Like, I, I've had so many instances where, like, I'm watching the movies and, like, I, I really enjoy each one of them. And I'm and as I'm watching them, I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be so hard to, like, put the sheet together and, and make my picks. But then I sit down at the end and I, to make my picks and I'm like, there's just way too many obvious choices that I'm like, well, no, like for the category, I'm like, oh, well, it's got to be this. It's gotta, and it's like maybe one or two things. And I'm like, well, fuck, like I enjoyed the other ones. Like I want to give them something. But like, quite frankly, like, no, like for these categories, these ones like nailed it. Like, yeah. Uh, to, to just like change a vote just to be like, you know, fair to how much I enjoyed all the movies would just not be genuine to giving the categories the to the ones that I feel they deserve. Yeah, the spirit of the vote. The spirit of the vote, yeah. Like are we trying to do like a like a four-way tie? No. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not, I'm not yeah, like power game or anything like that. I'm voting with yeah. It's like shit, I liked it. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Diary of a Madman from 1963, which was Fish's pick. So I'll I'll start with with her notes. Uh, once upon a time, you got, you got, you got to hit, she got to hit me with the fucking French name right out the goddamn gate. All right. Well, here I go butchering names again. Somebody stop me. Once upon a time, Guy de Mapazant. Ma, de, de Mapa, you want to, you want to, you want to copy pasta it for me somewhere? Uh, Guy de Mapazant. I'll go with that. That sounds Frenchy. Um, anyway, that guy, whose name was Guy, so I can just refer to him as that guy. So that's what I'm going to do. Once Upon a Time, that guy wrote The Horla. And then, in another Once Upon a Time, Vincent Price brought the neologism to life? Why is she throwing... I don't know what that word is. I'm a writer, I swear. Anyway, Diary of a Madman, with all its charm, is almost like a bedtime story to children about the monsters that live under their bed if they don't behave. It's very religious in its tastes, but I, do, I doubt there's much evil in the world now that's going to be stopped by the reflection of a cross reminding evil of Jesus like he's some sort of superhero. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of beauty in the beast in the magistrate's staff watching Odette ascend the stairs for her posing. 
Uh, favorite lines, I'm afraid I've forgotten how to compliment a beautiful woman. And sometimes I might just do that life-size... Some, some, uh, God, I forgot how to read. Sometime I might just do that life-sized figure of you. <laughs> well, now that I butchered Fish's notes. Uh, Diary of a Madman. Uh, I gotta be real. Like, this one of the batch, like, this one was kind of a snoozer for me. Yeah. It was, it was also, like, once again, it, like, it felt like this was also one of those instances. Like, I feel like, I can't even remember when, when it came up last, but, like, the, uh, the, the movie that the, the plot gets completely hijacked by a love triangle plot. Again, I yeah. can't remember when that happened last. It wasn't Bruce... No, 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 it was Bruce Campbell month, because Sundown, the Vampire, and Recreated got hijacked by the Love Triangle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, it also introduced the second surprise mini-theme of this month, which is Vincent Price dying in house fires. So that was cool. Um, but it, it's also like kind of a... T like uh, I, I was watching it, I wasn't really super into it. But simultaneously, like, I didn't, like, hate watching it, because, like, it's kind of the magic of, like, a Vincent Price movie for me. Like, even even one like this where I'm just, like, not that into it, I'm still, like, having a good time, because I just get to watch him, like, perform. Mm hmm So, I had fun with that. Otherwise, like, the monster was kind of cool, um, but it just, it did feel like it just, like, so much of, like, I was, like, they, it's it sets it up as, like, there's, like, a secret, like, invisible monster that gets people to go crazy and commit murders. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then, like, a huge chunk of the movie is just revolving around, like, this model who's, like, abandoning her artist's husband to go shack up with Rich Vincent Price and the drama that escalates from that. And, oh, by the way, there there is still, like, an invisible monster that's going to get him to do a murder at some point. But, like, so much of it was just the, the love triangle element that I was like, ah, uh, not as into that. Yeah. But, so, yeah, that was mostly my takeaway. I'm curious. Apparently, Kettle really enjoyed this one. I, I so, enjoyed so it. Like, so, that good, was the other, the other thing. I was like, I'm not that into this, but I, I hope somebody else on the show is, because... Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I I guess I kind of enjoyed the whole idea of like being of that time, and it's almost kind of like in a way pre serial killer like investigation things. Like someone wouldn't kill without a reason. It's like, well, uh, I'm gonna tell you about human nature. Um, <laughs> right. And so like kind of exploring that, but then also yeah, the whole invisible creature thing. And I. I as silly as it was, I kind of like the like light on the eyes when it's like, oh, I'm losing control. Um, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah, as I say, it's like uh, it's it's another danger of uh, you know too much blue light. It's bad for your eyes. You know, you just go insane. <laughs> um, so I enjoyed all that. The love triangle thing. I guess I don't know. I I didn't mind it so much. Although now that you mention it, that does seem like something I would normally hate. I think it's just because it was like in that right pocket of horny where i'm like i kind of like this <laughs> you know what i mean right right um so i was, I was kind of like okay yeah i, I don't mind because like there's that time where they're they're talking and i think she says like uh i mean they're 
guilty of having innocent feelings or innocent of having guilty feelings. I'm like, I don't fully understand that, but like the way she said it was pretty <laughs> it awesome. Hit right, just right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, yeah, I liked all that type of stuff. Um, and then yeah, it, that did really get sidetracked. Now that you mention it, shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a huge chunk really of the movie that's like the not about the monster at all. And I'm like, what? Are, there's a monster, dude. Like, it probably would have been like 30 minutes long if they cut out the uh, the love triangle. The love yeah. triangle. Yeah. So like, I get it, but like. Yeah, there, there was, like, a, a several moments where I was just like, bro, there's a monster. <laughs> like, true. what's the yeah. monster doing right now? It just kind of, like, chills out for, like, a big, long stretch of the movie, and I'm like... Yeah. I did also like the bits where, like, it was in control or whatever. It's like, I'm controlling what you're doing, but also, like, planning around it. It's like, oh, nobody saw you there, but they did see the husband leaving, so, like, now he's arrested. Right, yeah. Uh, so I, I enjoyed that type of stuff, and yeah, I like. I, I felt like the banter between all the characters, like the writing, I just felt like was really solid. I don't know. I, I guess yeah. I don't have a lot of examples, but like I just enjoyed the flow of conversations, which I think is also kind of one of those things of some of the older movies because this was '63, so I think it still has some of the like '50s influence in it. Yeah. Um, which is that like how they <laughs> convert. I, I really enjoyed a lot. Yeah, the the patter, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that maybe that was part of it, too, because, like, this is, like, from this month, this is the only Vincent Price movie from the batch we selected that I hadn't seen before. Mm. But I've seen I've seen a fair amount of other ones, so, like, and also, like, just movies from this time period, so, um, it was kind of one of those, like, it was, it was a little too, um, familiar and I've seen, like, other types of it that, like, I've enjoyed more, so, like... Okay. For better or worse, yeah, like, making sense. comparisons to other movies from the era and other, like, Vincent Price movies that, that are similar in style, I'm just like, eh, this one's not really... Like, it's not, it's not like, a masterpiece for me, uh, just because I've seen so many of the other ones. But, yeah. but even so, like, I still, like, I didn't hate the movie. Like, it, it was still, like, really solid. Like, it was just, like, kind of, like a solid, like, standard, like, Vincent Price horror movie. It, it kind of mm-hmm. just, like, it, it's one of those. Uh, but it didn't really, nothing really stood out. Like, nothing really, like, ju- aside from, perhaps, I did really love when um, we find out where uh, the lady's head has gone missing to, and he pulls away the clay of the bust, and it's her eye. Oh, yeah, that was That was really an incredible cool. reveal. I loved that. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, and I also, and also the the oh, stop God. motion animation when they made it like from the you know the happy smiling model to the just like oh yeah that was really cool. Like I yeah I thought they did a good job with that too. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I also <laughs> I thought it was amusing that like he he keeps talking about his his dead wife and child and like he gives his wife a name but when he's talking about his son it's always just. The boy. <laughs> like, I'm like, did this kid not have a fucking name? He's just <laughs> the boy? Like, what the boy. hell? Boy. Boy. For being so broken up about it, you sure can't remember his name, can you? <laughs> That's how broken up he is. He's just, he has to, like, just stuff it all the way back there. Yeah, like, no, I couldn't possibly remember the boy. <laughs> the boy who cannot be named? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, but what did you think, Dad? Uh-oh. Sorry, I'm I'm 
Diary of Medman. I'm trying to think about because like watching them in the order that I did, I there was a little bit of a gap between watching the third movie and finishing out because I watched them in chronological order because that's right. just how the playlist is set up. Yeah. So it works. Um, and I was like trying to think about like what actually happened other than remembering that Vincent's prices get some laser beam eyes and he battles <laughs> an invisible demon. Uh-huh. But still murders and turns the hobag gold digger into a bus. <laughs> that yeah. is clay and Yeah, I I it was it was insane, but it wasn't like I think it got sleeper hit for me because like I think I enjoyed it because Vincent Price was just interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And, and and I feel like it's maybe not one of his better known ones, but maybe it is. Maybe I'm just insane and I just don't pay attention. I you know, it's entirely possible. But like yeah, that's about all it got for me, though, because uh, unfortunately it just didn't. The other stuck out in some way. This one, other than the invisible demon being cranky as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. There, there's not much else I remember other than. Well, and the gold digger. But, like, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. She's clearly a bust now. Mm hmm. Yeah, it almost strikes me as, like, like if I were, like, <clears throat> organizing, like, a 24-hour, like, Vincent Price marathon, like, I'd, I'd still slip this one in here, but I'd slip it in, mm-hmm. like, like kind of in that, in one of those areas, like, time slots where, like, you know, you, you gotta be playing a movie, but, like, probably nobody's gonna be awake. There's not gonna be mm-hmm. too many people. You gotta have something on at the 2 a.m. slot. Yeah, or, like, maybe in the middle of the afternoon when people are, like, ducking out to get snacks or whatever. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, kind of like a Vincent Price filler movie to me, where it's just, like, it, you can tune in and, you're like, you'll be entertained, but, like, it's not, like, you know, you gotta attraction. catch it. Yeah, it's not the main attraction. It's, like, maybe the, the C-list attraction. Yeah. Like, it's that, nothing that to write home with. I, I wouldn't say, like, don't like don't watch it at all no no but but like you know there there are definitely better examples of vincent price yeah yeah this Mm -hmm. one is more like i feel like for like a vincent price super fan absolutely because you're gonna want to watch everything he's done even the non-horror stuff um, mm-hmm. or, or just like, yeah, like a filler type movie. Like it's not so like, you can just like have it on in the background and have a conversation and tune it, tune in and out and still like, you know, be reasonably entertained, mm-hmm. but you're not going to necessarily, at least from my experience, not necessarily going to be like fully captivated by it. Or maybe you will be. And that's great too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think I've watched most of these movies with Trap. Right. Because, you know, how can I not invite him to watch where some of his favorite lingo gets used? <laughs> uh, so, so what did Trap think of him? Tra- as far as I remember, Trap is thir- was thoroughly entertained. Um, yeah. Especially, we watched the ab- abdim- abd- Abominable... Abdom- Dr. Fibes. Thank you. That Fibes one. rhymes with vibes. Yep. 
does. <laughs> vibes does rhyme with vibes. Um, that one was really it. That one was trippy, and but we'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, I think it was just. It was. It, it, I think it was generally good. I, I have to ask him. Like, I don't think we we talked about it too too much. But yeah, no, I. From what I gathered, he, it was enjoyable. I mean, Vincent Price is Vincent Price. You can't he is not Price. enjoy that. I mean, I guess you could not enjoy that, but are you even doing life right? <laughs> right. I don't think so. I think not, good sir. If that is that is your outlook, like it's like saying Freddie Mercury wasn't good at what he did. <laughs> I'm not saying you gotta like the music, but mm -hmm. dang. Uh, but no, Vincent Price was. Uh, he was pricey. Yeah, he was pricey, but yeah, no, this one just didn't stand out nearly as much like the others. Like you said, like C list price mm -hmm. movie. Mm hmm. Uh, let's see. Got I? I gave it nothing. You know, that makes makes sense. Makes <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's one of those things where it's just like I didn't, you know, it. The movie didn't make me angry or anything like that. So like, I can't even like go off on a rant about it. It's like yeah, right. I mean, it's like how I felt about House of Usher. It's like I liked it. It just didn't. Yeah, it's like categories. I enjoyed me. it well enough. It's just like compared to the other ones, I was just like, yeah, this one, a uh, little sleepy. This one, this one's making me a little sleepy. Um, <laughs> but it's still fine. Like I still like enjoyed it well enough. So it's like I can't even like mm. pat it out with being like, and then another dumb fucking thing this movie did. Like <laughs> I, I can't even do that. Like so, it's just like it exists. It's it's a movie. <laughs> Vincent Price in it. They're invisible monster. There's a cool shot of a woman's severed head being revealed in a clay bust, which is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so I gave it I gave it nothing. And then Nephi, you gave it sleeper head. Right. Mm -hmm. It still felt like it was something that like people should see. Um right. but like because I feel like the others are maybe like I, I don't know. I feel like they stand out enough that they get enough attention. So I needed to give the underdog of the group, in my opinion. I would say that yeah, this one is is yeah. definitely the underdog of the group that we mm -hmm. picked. Like so. well, it, and and for some weird reason though, it stood out more to me than House on Haunted Hill. And I think it's just simply because like House on Haunted Hill, unfortunately, at the time in life of me watching it, is now like kind of an old trope. Mm -hmm. so it didn't hit quite the same way i think like it was still good but it wasn't you know i, I don't know like I, I guess it just didn't didn't hit quite the same way like the old movies don't generally creep me out i think or or chill me right in any particular manner well yeah because like the the sensibilities and also just like having seen so much of like evolutions and expansions on certain like elements to to create fear and everything have, have been advanced so much mm -hmm. that i feel like these days like going back and watching like older stuff like it's gonna be rare to find the old the, the older movies that like 
hit that way. Like that's that's why like stump something like you know Nosferatu is still such a amazing movie because like there's still moments in that movie that are just like fucking bone chillingly creepy. Yeah. Uh, but that that's like the outlier and not the um, the standard for a lot of older horror movies. Mm-hmm. Even if they're still like really cool and fun to watch. Uh, like, especially, like, going back even further to, um, um, like, like the, the George Melies, uh, stuff, where it's, like, the birth of cinema, so, like, like, they were just figuring out that, like, they could literally, like, record some, be, be filming something, stop filming something, get somebody in, like, a bedsheet to, like, walk onto the stage, start filming something again, and suddenly there's just, like, a figure stand just, just pops in, which looks really silly these days, but, like, imagine in the day and age when that shit, like, nobody had ever seen, like, a movie before, and you're like, oh, right. yeah, that's, that's a dude getting ready for bed, and then suddenly there's just, like, another figure just, like, snaps into the, to the shot out of nowhere... Like, you would lose your fucking mind. Right. You would be like, what sort of fucking wizardry did they conjure a real fucking ghost? What the fuck? Like, maybe not. Maybe people weren't, you know, not as naive back then. But, like, I I, I would certainly think that. If I had never right. seen anything and I didn't know, like, any form of, like, camera tricks and, like, that was the first thing I saw, I'd be like, how the fuck did they do that? <laughs> That's impossible. They weren't there, and then they were. That's not reality. What the fuck? Um, and now it just looks silly as hell. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. Fish gave it some stuff. She gave it favorite kill, and I assume that... Well, there really was only, like... No, there were a few kills, but uh, it's got to be the bust. It's got to be the head bust, I gotta imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also gave it most quotable, which she did okay. include a couple of the quotes she liked from it, and favorite special effects. Which, yeah, no, the again, the I keep going on get about the bust head, but like also like the um, you get like a brief glimpse of like the invisible monster when it finally dies, right? Like that, I remember that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. That was yeah, that was cool. Like some rotoscoping. Uh, art and whatnot like yeah no i and i also just like i have a soft spot for like that type type of uh special effect i i do really enjoy that type of special effect which mm-hmm. has been completely supplanted by cg these days oh yeah um let's see kettle this is the the other movie you gave a bunch of stuff to. i gave it several things yeah yeah i gave it favorite story kind of like i was explaining i just kind of like some of the ideas behind it and then mm. yeah for once a love triangle didn't piss me off i don't know I... <laughs> <laughs> it's they snuck it right past you and you enjoy i mean hey nothing wrong with that yeah uh i gave it the scariest just because like the idea of being controlled by such a like malevolent force is pretty mm. damn uh creepy most quotable for kind of like i was talking i like the banter and then yeah just some of the horny talk i'm like oh okay this <laughs> This this is good for me. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, the uh, sleeper hit as because I didn't really know what I was uh, didn't know what to expect, and I was like, yeah, I really like this one. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, I think that takes us to the final film. 
which is the Abominable Dr. Fives. Why didn't I write the year on there? It's 1971? One. 1971? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was my pick. Which was, like, I'd, I saw it, like, once years and years ago, loved it, and hadn't seen it since. So I was, I was eagerly looking forward to uh, rewatching it. And I feel like some of my memories got, like, <clears throat> cross-wired with another Vincent Price movie from the, the same kind of time period, period, Theater of Blood. Which has a, a very similar premise to this one, only in that one, instead of bumping off the doctors responsible for his wife's death... He's bumping off. He's a, a old Shakespearean actor that got horrible reviews, and he's bumping off all the critics that gave him bad reviews. Oh um, man! But it was still it was fun getting to revisit this one. Um, very colorful, very wacky. I forgot how funny this movie was. That like is basically a campy comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, paired up against like this really grotesque, brutal. <laughs> Uh, kill spree movie uh it also felt like this one could have been like semi-influenced by phantom of the opera maybe that's just because he plays the organ but it, it felt like it was like kind of semi-influenced by phantom of the opera but it's one of the only ones i've uh, movies i've seen that could have had been influenced by phantom of the opera that isn't just an ad an adaptation of phantom of the opera which was interesting because like talking about like Frankenstein movies and like how the influence of Frankenstein has gotten into so many damn things that there are straight up adaptations of Mary Shelley's original novel, but there it's been taken in so many different directions that are nothing like the original novel. And like, that's really cool. Phantom of the opera. Most of the time, if you're watching like a fan of the opera style flick, it's just Phantom of the opera, at least from the ones I've seen, there could be others. But so it was cool seeing something that like took kind of like the the killer like mad organ player motif and like went a different direction with it. Uh and he gets off to a fast a fast start with the the killing too because fifteen minutes in he had already killed three people. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a, there's the big body count right from the start. Uh, I also made a note of. Uh, Watching porn back in the day must have been a huge pain in the ass because you had to crank your handle while you crank your handle. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. Although I guess it was that era's uh, like kind of method of like these days it's just like one hand on the mouse. Yeah, but back then it was more pure. It was you know one way or another you're gripping a handle. I, so. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that, especially like when they had the the camera angle of the guy doing that. You're like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait, what's he doing with his hand there? I think I know. And then it's just like, no, he's just working the camera. <laughs> he's working the camera. It's like, oh, but what's he working it for? Oh, to look at uh, dancing lady, <laughs> dancing dancing snake lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one that like I like the motif of like he's he's recreating the deaths from the old uh, biblical plagues, uh, but at some point I got really confused. Like I I forgot like the uh, the list of the plagues and what was left. So when out of nowhere one of the dudes gets impaled by the flying golden unicorn head, I was like, what the fuck plague is that? It's the plague of beasts, obviously. Which I had to go back and like look. And, like, look at the list of plagues to figure that out. Um, 
Also, this movie is definitely, like, I don't think anyone has ever said it. At least anyone who's worked on it said it. But, like, fuck me, is this a proto-Saw movie? This this is just a fucking yeah. Saw movie. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. I was thinking that as, I, as we were watching it. And I was yeah. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, all right. Or, or even uh, Seven. Like, it's, it's very reminiscent of Seven, only it, it's done in this, like, brightly colored art deco campy comedy style mm. which is which is very interesting uh yeah especially like keys inserted especially once it gets to the end and it's like i i've kidnapped your son and i've put a key inside his chest that you have to get out of him within a narrow margin of time so he isn't buried under a uh, rain of acid. And then also the mask that's set on a timer that crushes someone's head. That seems very reverse bear trappy to me. And even um, when, when they do the, the death of hail in the car, uh, the, the strange assistant woman opens the back of the car and she puts a doll in front of him, which, which seems very reminiscent of uh, Billy on his mm-hmm. tricycle rolling out to the victim. Oh, yeah. Uh, so a lot of lot of Saw influences, or Saw had a lot of influences from this, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know if they've ever like officially said like, oh yeah, that's that's where we got a lot of ideas. <laughs> but it's definitely right there. Uh, so this one was interesting. I watched the, the it came with two commentary tracks, one with the director and one with the writer. Um, and what's interesting is, uh, there, so there were, this movie did so well that it got a sequel, uh, which I've not seen, but there, and there were plans for a while to do a third movie, which never materialized. But the writer has is apparently has has like the character rights back and is, has been writing novels of like both a- adapting the films. And also continuing the story, and like they, they, they're he is hardcore. Like he takes the the five stuff real seriously. Like he's got a whole wild ass plot. Um, the whole the whole thing. Like apparently, I think the third book is all about uh, Volnavia, the weird assistant woman. Uh, which she's very strange. You don't really get a lot of like info on her character in the movie, but. Apparently, she was a clockwork figure, like his band is, but a more more advanced one. And she was a she's a stepping stone on Five's ultimate goal, which is to resurrect his wife. So it's it's very like I'm kind of curious to like check out the books because it seems like it it gets wild with like the ideas and the concepts and everything. So, but I I really I just... enjoyed this one. Yeah. Yeah, I just think I I just love how he dipped out at the end. Like, yeah, he right? just didn't, he just like ducks ducks into his like feared matrimony coffin and embalms himself. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> damn. He's like, my work here for now is done, and I'm gonna go take uh, a much needed mm-hmm. rest with my dead wife and just embalm myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just. I don't know, like, this blew my mind. 
What, him embalming himself? No, just like how smooth that was. Like right as it was closing, like they, they walk out. They're oh, like, the timing the of it just as it seals up and then just as the, yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, where the heck in heck did that weird man go? <laughs> like, oh my God, it's so good. And like, I just, uh, I just, I love how the, like Vincent Price's face is the fake face. Right, and then but he has a fake face under the real face of the fake face, and like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> faceception. <laughs> That's where Inception got its inspiration. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, but like, it was it was super trippy. I'm not gonna lie, it was trippy to the point where i kind of lost track of what the fuck the dude was doing and Mm. why he was doing all i was i was just in for the vibe of him being like we gonna murder these bitches because they're evil (laughs) and i'm like yeah let's go vincent let's go i don't i don't remember why we're on this death mission but thankfully thankfully for those of us that have a hard time keeping track they the villains like to monologue especially yes. towards the end so he summarized it for me and i caught back up real fast so i appreciate that you know that's something they don't always do in new vit movies now and they, they really need to mm-hmm. <laughs> for us people with the short attention span here <laughs> but um no like it was just it was good and it was campy yeah. and like the effects were really good. Like I, it, it, I just, it, I just had a good time with this movie. It made me pretty happy. Made me pretty happy. Mm. It was, it was goofy. It's a comfort film. It's definitely going to be added to like that list of like horror movies to watch during the Halloween season. Yeah, it's just like it's it's just like a fun like mm-hmm. which is which is crazy because like it's like the deaths and all that are like pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatnot, but like it's just filmed in such a way that it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and honestly, it really like is. <clears throat> with the news that they're doing like yet another Saw movie and Tobin Bell is coming back, I kind of hope that they steal even more from Doctor Fives and they actually bring uh, John Kramer back, but he's a clockwork recreation of himself that he made before he died. <laughs> to oh achieve immortality, they they did. I mean, the, the only question is whether or not they want to get that wacky with it. Which at this point, it's like Saw Ten. Saw. It's time to get wacky with the Saw movies. Right? We've had, we you have the gritty brutality. Yeah, we've had the gritty brutality for nine films. And don't get me wrong, I love the Saw movies, but like, it's time to get wacky with that franchise. So bring him back, reanimated as a clockwork clone of himself. Because they've already set it up that, that he was like a, a genius, like architect and everything like that. They've got the the framework, so it would make sense <clears throat> that he would be able to build something like that. <clears throat> and I mean, if they wanted to go even further into the wackiness, like technically speaking, we saw Billy in uh, Dead Silence, which that ties in ghosts and shit. So there could yeah. be like some some ghost stuff as well. Like they they've already established that potentially if they want to, so yeah, so, saw ten shit gets wacky. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> but uh, Catalina, we'll need it to be in space. 
Yeah, I mean, I'd take I'd take another. Guess what? We're going to space, bitches. Like, right. I also miss those uh, those sequels. <laughs> uh, but Kettle, what did you think? So I think this is one. Now that I've heard you talk about it, I think I appreciate it a little bit more. Right. But as I was watching it, I kind of had that feeling of like, oh, what's with this like kind of the whole like oh seventies vibe of like the movies. I'm like, eh, I don't know, like how much I'm enjoying it, but. Now that you've kind of mentioned some of these things, it's it's clicked with me a little bit better. I might have to update my letterbox thing because I think I gave it like two stars. Oh no! <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It, maybe it just didn't hit with me at the time, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. I, I had a hard time getting into it in the moment, but uh, yeah. Now, now that you mention it. And and I didn't the the saw comparison never came to me so like right that right there is I'm like oh shit okay that kind of reframes the whole thing <laughs> right yeah the um, acid drip game like damn mm-hmm um, so I feel like that's minutes. one I might have to might have to give another Dude, shot watch. with this yeah with this new lens because uh, yeah not so much at the time but now you know, now that you mentioned I'm like oh that actually was kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's how I felt with, um, what was it, uh, From Beyond, where it's like, when I watched it, I was like, this isn't really hitting that well, but like, once we like had the conversation about it, and, and like, more and more little things came up, I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, this movie did like, a lot of stuff that like, I really liked. Why didn't I enjoy it <laughs> more? Yeah. Fuck me, I gotta go back and rewatch it, which I haven't yet, but I plan on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes it do be like that. Like, I know oh, the yeah. first time that I saw Devil's Rejects, I fucking hated that movie. I was like, this is a pile of shit. Really? Yeah. Oh. I was I was like, this is a fucking shit show that it, that is just, like, borderline unwatchable. And then... A favorite instance of mine where you were so in love with the movie... And then it turned out. Bring out fucking Magic Mike again. I'm sorry. I apologize for Magic Mike, all right? Yes, I am. You never recommend bad movies other than that one time. Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) The one, yeah, I recommend like a thousand amazing movies that everybody loves. I fucking donate to charity. But do they call me Boone the charity donator? No, they do not. Do they call me Boone the movie recommender? No, they do not. I recommend Magic Mike one time. (laughs) They call me Boone the guy that recommended Magic Mike. And I'm like, fuck me. (laughs) The one fucking time. Yeah, I guess there's that. (laughs) But, uh,. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't help that like i recently w- watched a, another like steven soderbergh movie that i like this one like don't worry because this time like i just fucking hated that movie <laughs> like through and through and the more i thought about it the angrier i got and i was just like fuck that movie it's the one that like he made on an iphone because i don't know reasons yeah just yeah, because he can, and I'm like, and every like everything that people say about it is like, oh, it's really cool that he was able to make this whole movie on an iPhone and nothing else. And I'm like, no, it's not. He's an established fucking director. This motherfucker made all of the Oceans movies except for like that new one. 
Like yeah, he, he's yeah. made like serious fucking movies and he has like studio backing. Like it's not impressive that he was able to like clearly the dude knows how to make a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if he limited himself in any other capacity other than I guess I'll film it on my phone, I guess. Because <laughs> because that movie had like you're not allowed to get kudo like cool points for like filming an entire movie feature length movie on your phone when you probably use that same fucking phone to call up Matt Damon to have like a one scene cameo in your movie. You don't get you, I'm sorry, you don't get praise for that. If Matt Damon's in your contacts list. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, that's not, like, show me show me the movie that was made entirely on a phone made by, like, a fucking 18-year-old who had no other resources and just filmed that shit with their friends. And, like, the movie is, like, kind of technically ass, but, like, it was made just purely on passion and a can-do spirit of, like, I want to make a movie, this is the only tools I have fuck it, let's make it work. Like, something like Bad Men, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's, where, where like, the people he was gonna get to make the movie with him bailed on him, he's like, fuck it, I'm doing it anyway. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that impresses me. I mean, it's kind of got a cult following now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, mini side rant <laughs> about Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> But yeah, no. Steven Soderbergh making a um, filming a movie on an iPhone does not impress me when it's like, bro, you had sets and actors, and like you got Matt Damon to just come down and like do a cameo for you. Like the only reason you made it on an iPhone is because you were like feeling quirky that day, and you're like, fuck it, let me see if I can make a movie on an iPhone. But like you had all of the other things backing you up. And also, you've got years of experience, and like, like you don't have to prove to me that you know how to make a movie, Steven Soderbergh. I know you know how to make a movie. Ocean's Eleven is really good. Like, all right, so calm down. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. I just didn't. I really didn't like that movie. <clears throat> but I love the Abominable Doctor Fives. <laughs> there we go. I brought it back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm I'm curious to dip deeper in. Like I gotta see the sequel. Apparently, like the sequel might have been kind of. According to the director, the sequel might have been kind of a mess because there were just too many people involved, mm-hmm. like uh, trying to pull it in different directions. Mm-hmm. But I still want to give it a try. And also, like I'm kind of curious to see what the uh, the expanded Doctor Fibes uh, literary universe looks like. Mm-hmm. Although. The only thing I'd say about that is, like, for a dude that's that's a writer, like he, he's just not good at doing titles. It's like because I looked it up, and it's like the entire title of like the book is like. Let me see if I can find this. Where is it? Yeah, like the way it's listed on Amazon. Here, here's the full title of, of one of the Dr. Fibes books on Amazon. Dr. Fibes, dash, in the beginning, open parentheses, all capital letters, the cult classic Dr. Fibes series, close parentheses. Like, and they're all like that. They're, they're like these super long-winded, yeah, Dr. Fibes, doc, Dr. Fibes Volnavia's Secret, colon, book 3.5, of the cult classic Doctor Five series, it's like, dude, I'm sorry, book three point five, three point, yeah, that alone is kind of weird. It's like, dude, your 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 titling game is kind of weak, like it's a little confusing. It's too 
It's too dense. <clears throat> too much information. Just calm down. <laughs> but at least like the like the the concepts that it seems like it's going into and that he talked about on the commentary like seemed actually really interesting. So like I'm I'm I might have to pick those up and give them a look. Mm-hmm. And I can actually get them in paperback for not like a billion dollars too. So mm-hmm. like, that's nice. Uh, let's see. What did Fish say about it? Abominable Doctor. Also, uh, another side thing. Not enough movies using abominable in the title. The only the only other abominable you can think of is like the abominable snowman. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I can't even say the word, so I don't think about it. That's much. that's probably why it doesn't get used that much. But like, I love mm. the word abominable. I feel Abom- like it's abominable. Abom- abominable. <laughs> Millennium <Shut up>. Falcon. <laughs> directory. Yeah, you could find it in the directory under A for abominable. abominable. Uh, yeah, let's. I let's... can't. That's so hard to say. It's like I can say aluminium and aluminum. It requires but, like uh, kind of a abominable. roll of the tongue. And we all know I cannot roll anything with. Yeah, it kind of it's kind of like like the name uh, Guillermo. Like you kind of have to like flow with it because if Guillermo. you just try try saying it based on Guillermo. the letters you're looking at. Guillermo. Guillermo. No, I just like I'm not good at the the languages that make you have to go the 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 like like the multisyllabic. Yeah, I suppose so. Like now, German was making sense, as was like Japanese. Right, but that's because I don't. But I mean, abominable, like shit, man. That's like five syllables. Like that's that's a high syllable count for a word. I will admit. Abominable, abominable. It just sounds wrong, no matter how you say it. <laughs> like that's the problem I have with it. It's just it's 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 a it's a it's a preposterous word. <laughs> I, I mean, preposterous. preposterous. That, I mean, that's four. So maybe five syllables is where you tap out. Because preposterous, that's four. No, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and that's a made-up word, but it's technically now kind of a word because I think it's in the Oxford Dictionary now. Maybe. Maybe the internet. I mean, ain't is a word now. So, um, but yes, the title sticks with me because I cannot pronounce it. Well, thankfully, the sequel is a lot easier to wrap your head around because it's just Dr. Fives Rises Again, which, again, is just a great title. There he go. (laughs) Yeah, there he go rising again. Like, and also another naming convention that, like, is kind of past its prime, but I love, like, that that whole, like, character rises again, or, like, the revenge of Dr. Fives. I'm back. (laughs) Yeah. I believe the third film was supposed to be titled The Brides of Dr. Fives. Like, so, like, mm. they had, the title game on the movies, at least, was pretty strong. Uh, let's see what Fish said. Bro, I want to wake up with a flying fox on me. They're just chihuahuas with wings. Cuddle that baby. <laughs> with the bats. <laughs> the bats were cool. I love, I love uh, how... I mean, I watched the motherfucker, like, three times back-to-back because I watched the commentary tracks as well. And, like, that one bat that's first crawling up the dude, like, totally gives that guy a wink as he's crawling up to him, and I love it. 
Um, cool frog mask, bro. Is this where Jigsaw got his ideas on the reverse bear trap? Oh, there, a, f- a fish picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yo, I was only joking in the beginning about the Jigsaw thing. There's seriously a lot in this movie that tends to lean toward me thinking that this might have been where the brothers got some of their ideas. Maybe they're not as unique as I thought. <laughs> Uh, and ah, uh, the ending made me happy. I wasn't sure I was going to be into this one at the beginning, so as I had trouble starting it twice, but I'm blaming that on whatever cold that I have. So she enjoyed it. Yay! Yeah, this one a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Lot of it was. Fun. It really was. Where, where did I fall? Let's see. What did, what did I? I gave it. I gave it quite a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite kill because I mean fuck take your pick like fro- <laughs> frog head crushing is pretty memorable uh, as was I, I did really like the um, the hail storm in the back of the car because like that yeah. that one was just like how the fuck are you gonna do hail and then like the way that they do it is just so wild mm-hmm. uh, and then also like I got I gotta give favorite kill to any movie that just like spontaneously flings like a golden unicorn head into some dude's chest <laughs> like that shit just happened <laughs> uh i gave it favorite poster but to be fair the main reason i gave it favorite poster is because i absolutely love the tagline on the poster which is love means never having to say you're ugly <laughs> i love that tagline Mm-hmm. Even though apparently that tagline was, it's a riff on a movie that came out a year prior to this, Love Story. The tagline for that, which I don't know what the, uh, I imagine it's love means never having to say something. But apparently they had to remove that, change the tagline to the movie because it was confusing people as to whether or not what the movie was. <laughs> they didn't know it was a horror movie based on that tagline, so they had to change it. I mean, fair. But this many years later, like, I look back at the original tagline, I'm just like, that's fucking gold. I love that. Uh, favorite music? Because there's, like, so much of the emphasis in the movie is on music, and also you have the scenes of mm-hmm. Volnavia playing the violin to the mm-hmm. to the outlandish deaths. Oh, another out- great death, the, uh, the nurse that gets eaten by locusts. And he, like, drills the whole, like, the whole inventiveness of, they have her utterly secured, they have the building locked down, so he goes one floor up and drills a Mm -hmm. hole through the ceiling. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was, that, that was my favorite kill, actually, because it legitimately made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I was, like, I, like, visibly jerked away from the screen. I was like, no! And he's, he's doing. He's got the plastic sheet with the outline of the woman's body to know how oh to God. line it up. And he's like tapping the locust down the tube, like mm-hmm. saying, Hurry up, you little fuckers. Right? Like, that one was just so messed up. Like, <laughs> I, uh, ah, no, this one, this was, this was great. This entertained me fully. Yeah. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. favorite music. Cause like, there were some great songs in there. Plus, you have him doing the organ. Mm-hmm. The violins from Volnavia. Uh, favorite special effects, because I really love the the actual Dr. Fibes face, which is a mask over Vincent Price's face, which he's just pulled off as a mask. Like, that that whole design looked really cool. 
uh and then just the the other kill effects were all really cool mm-hmm. and most entertaining because it's it's just it's such a treat to watch basically a saw film but there's jokes and silliness mm-hmm. <laughs> like i didn't know that that was like a vibe that i needed but apparently it really lands with me but those are the ones i gave it what did you give it neffy Gave it favorite kill as I discussed. Uh, I also got uh, most quotable for me. Um, I apparently was wrong on which one I thought would be most quotable. But you guys, I was way off the mark this time. (laughs) Um, But I'm standing by it because I do it based on what I predict. And if I'm wrong, well, then then it gets points. Um, Yeah. Favorite music, yeah, again, like the violin playing, the, the the organ playing, like just all the musical, like it was very music leaning. Um, and I just enjoyed it. And like the SFX, like A, the murder house, the very H.H. Holmes murder house. Um, oh, the, the place where uh, Fives is living? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I said, just down to like the, the freaking like timing of his self-embalmment with right. his wife and like oh it just it was so great it was it was like I, I i guess i enjoyed like the downright like brutalness of it but not being like hyper gory like yeah how saw is like saw like how with how gory they make it it really is just like it's just not pleasant for me to watch like i right. i don't want to watch it like yeah eh. But, like, this, I'm like, it does the same thing. It literally makes me squirm, especially with the locust eating. Ah! Locusts. <laughs> but, like, it just, it was a more enjoyable scare than just being grossed out on top of being, like, maybe slightly scared. Right. Oh, and, yeah, something about the, uh, the mur- a little bit of trivia about the, the murder mm-hmm. house um, from, from the uh, commentary. So, it, it was a set, obviously. But the, mm-hmm. the the set that they had had like a little uh, like a tank underneath of it, which that's the operating room. So the reason why the operating room is down there is just because like the set designer was like, hey, there's a tank underneath the stage that we can mm-hmm. like turn into the operating room and put glass over it so that, you know, they can like fives can look down onto the operating room. So like it was just kind of like a happenstance of like the, the set that they were in had this this thing that they were just like, Hey, we can build this into the set and make it really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought that, cause that is a really cool, like him looking through the glass. Yeah. Like so that entire set design was pretty badass. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Fish gave it some stuff. She gave a scariest movie as well as sleeper hit. And favorite music. And then Kettle has already dispensed his votes to the two movies he enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it did not get anything, and that one, like, like I said, on the first viewing, not so great, but now that we've kind of talked about it, I'm like, alright, I'd be willing to give it another shot. But right. uh, I will keep my votes the same. <laughs> yeah. No on-the-fly math for you tonight. Yay! I was told there would be no math, and there is yeah. no math. Yay! For once, the universe smiles on me. Yay! Uh, 
Fuck, I, this is the part of the show where I always fuck up the order of what we, we do. Oh, no, 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 yeah, I almost did it wrong, I almost did it wrong. We do ranked. Ranked. And we custom. do the custom category, which this month is The Price is Right, which I, we could have interpreted that any way we wanted to, which is what I like about the custom categories. Okay, so for ranked, for me, uh, number one, House of Usher. Number two, House on Haunted Hill. Number three, The Abominable Doctor Fives, and number four, Diary of a Madman. And that's that's a perfect like I love Abominable Doctor Fives. It's number three for me just because the other two were just like I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then The Price is Right. I'm trying to remember. Oh, you know what? I think I just straight up took this as being like okay, I'm gonna order like the ranking of like my favorite Vincent Price performances from top to bottom. So mm-hmm. House of Usher number one because might be his greatest performance of all time mm-hmm. uh followed by the abominable dr fives just because i love how weird it is and, and the fact that like he he's wearing a mask and his face is all fucked up so he can't like one of vincent price's like greatest attributes is like iconic voice is like kind of taken from him mm-hmm. and, and when it does come out it's just weird and garbled and everything like that like i and seeing him work through that was like really fun yeah. Uh, followed by House on a Haunted Hill, because, like, I love how dastardly his character is in that. Uh, and then Diary of a Madman, because that to me was just like, yeah, that's just that's just Vincent Price, yo. Like, is good, mm-hmm. but the character didn't stand out enough for me to be like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But that was that was them for me. Uh, Neffy. Uh, ranked uh, was House of Usher is number one. The um, Dr. Fibes movie is the second one. Diary of a Madman for third. And then House on Haunted Hill for fourth. And again, I think it's just because like House on Haunted Hill maybe didn't hit this such in the same way. Right. Um, and then The Price is Right is um, a, the, the Dr. Fibes movie, even though I can't pronounce it. <laughs> um, it just, I don't know. Like, it just felt like it was like House of Usher was is it's second on that list, but like he really had to work hard to work through the makeup and all that jazz, you right. know. So to me, it just it was it was as good of as good of as not better a performance because he had to work that much harder through it without his iconic things. Right. Um, House of Usher was second. Dire Madman was third, and then House on Haunted Hill was fourth. So. Yep. So, yeah, cattle. Uh, well, mine are the same for both categories because I kind of interpreted it as like, well, the Price is Right. It's like those are his performances that I liked the most, right. and then based off of that, it's like, well, I kind of enjoyed the movies in the same order for the same reasons. Right. Um. So that being said, I went with House on Haunted Hill, and then Diary of a Madman. House of Usher, and then Dr. Thibes. Let's see what Fish got. For her ranked, she's got Abominable Dr. Fives number one slot, followed by Diary of a Madman, House on Haunted Hill, and House of Usher. For The Price is Right, she's got number one, Diary of a Madman. Let's see if I can puzzle out. I think I can puzzle out possibly what how what her her thinking thinking process was on the prices right but i'll read them first 
So number one, Diary of a Madman. Number two, The Abominable Dr. Fives. Number three, House of Usher. Number four, House on Haunted Hill. I'm thinking... I'm, And she can tell me after the fact. Um, but my prediction is she based it on which... How right was Price's character in the movie? Like, so yeah. Diary, Diary of a Madman, like, he... He's right about there being an invisible demon. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> and it's it's really the only one in which he's the hero. Because even though he's the victim of the monster, he does destroy the monster, so he's he's a hero. Abominable Dr. Fives, he's getting revenge for his dead wife, so he's kind of right in seeking the revenge. House of Usher, he was kind of right he's he's a bad guy, but he's right about the curse. And then House on Hyde Hill, he's just a, a murderous rich guy. Yeah. So he succeeds, but he's he's the least right. <laughs> That's my prediction based on, on on that listing and what I can think about it. And she can tell us if I was correct in that that breakdown or not later. Uh, all right, now we do points. Oh snap! So base scores: House on Hunt Hill, two kills, both to the to the vat of acid. Nine instances of alcohol consumption. Like I said, that was mostly Pratchett. <laughs> but a few other people also got drinks as well. My man was uh, thirsty. <laughs> he was a, he was a thirsty boy. <laughs> uh, so House and Hot Hill's full base score is 11. Uh, House of Usher, six kills. And I think mm-hmm. that also includes a, a smattering of uh, skeletons that we see in the movie as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and an alcohol count to one. So total score there seven. Diary yep. Diary of a Madman kill count of three. Alcohol count of one. So that that's only got the four. Uh, the Abominable Doctor Fives kill count of ten. A lot of a lot of bodies dropping in fives. Uh, alcohol count of four. Little little thirsty. Some mild thirst in that movie. Uh, it also yeah, just that remind me of like the whole scene of the uh, police inspector. Uh, and the, the glass of brand, pulling pouring the doctor the glass of brandy and then getting knocked the fuck out and he wakes up later and the glass of brandy is still there and he just like chugs it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh so abominable Dr. Fives base score of 14. So on the base score, but Dr. Fives wins by three points. Those points don't matter. The points that matter. And I feel like I say this every once in a while that like it's 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 a tight one. This one, probably one of the tighter ones that we've ever seen. Mm. So, last place with 79 points, Diary of a Madman. Third place with 82 points, House of Usher. First and second place have a difference of five points between them. Oh. Nice. They're neck and neck. Mm-hmm. So first place with 106 points, the abominable Dr. Fives. Wow. House on Haunted Hill, second place, 101 points. Holy shit. They was <laughs> close. I was like, as and like all the all the stuff came in like today pretty much. Like I've had mine in for a while, but everybody else's came in today. So like I literally was adding it. I'm like, and just like I, I input them all and I'm looking at them like fuck i don't know i legitimately don't know which one could be on because they kept going back and forth i was at first i was like i thought the the front runners were probably going to be fives and usher 
And then as the other votes came in, I'm like, literally any of these could surge up. Uh, and they all did. So, like, I, I don't know, like, 79 to 106, like, that may be, like, the narrowest spread between points that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yes, congratulations, me. Yes, I, 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 I won one again. Uh, what is our theme? Our theme, to, to ring out the year, it's been, it's been a wacky, rough year. And I feel like what would be more fitting to to end the year with than to to purge all the all the nastiness and the demons and everything exorcisms oh okay. demons be gone uh i think well there'll probably be a cut here cuz i assume you guys got to got a little yeah Mm-hmm. But for me, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the cleansing hour. Uh, I'm going with the haunting of Deborah Logan. Oh, okay. Or the taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah, the taking of Deborah Logan. Okay. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't that hard. I was like, "What do I want to do? What do I want to do?" I was like, "Other than lulls and doing Daffy Duck Quackbusters." <laughs> Uh, I yeah, just realized no. I probably should have like messaged Fish earlier and been like, "Hey, so pick one of these." I forgot, and I assume she's at work right now, so I'm yep. not going to bother her with that. So we'll have a mystery movie, at least uh-huh. for for the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough because oh, we already Lordy. we already did the most obvious one, which was The Exorcist. <laughs> oh yeah, so that one's already out of the running. So many. Uh, there are a lot. Uh, I think I will go with The Conjuring. God damn it. We just did The Conjuring on the spoof. Oh, you did? Uh, I I can pick something else. I'll pick something else. (laughs) Like, yeah, last spoof was Haunted Houses, and that was my pick. Damn it, I've I've done that like two or three times now. (laughs) That is the second time. Uh... And typically, like, if there was more of a gap, like, because, yeah, was, I think the last time was, like, The Witch. But, like, there had been such a big gap between when we did The Witch and then that I was like, yeah, you know what? We can do The Witch on the main show. But when it's, like, a month later, it's, like, a little harder to be like, well, fuck me. Like, I'm just not going to have anything to say. Then maybe uh, The Nun? Yeah. 20, 2018? Yeah. That? Okay, that works. Cause I was, I was like, oh fuck, I just watched the nun. But like, no, we didn't do it for the show. I just watched that no. shit on my own. So absolutely, it can totally work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be All fun. Right. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it'll be nice to to be able to talk about the nun. Cause I actually, when I watched it, I was like, fuck. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff I want to talk about with this movie, but I have no reason to. Now I've got a reason. Right, there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so exorcisms to bring us out in December with uh, cleansing hour. Fuck, I already forgot. Uh, the taking of Deborah Logan and the nun and question marks for Fish's pick. We'll find out what Fish's pick later. But I think I think that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you listened, if you didn't listen, well, uh, fuck you. And I can say that because you'll never hear it.
Yeah, you won't know. Yeah, I can say anything I want about you, and you'll never know because you're not listening. You know, somebody else, uh, somebody else tells you that I said something about you. You won't know if it's true because you didn't listen. You just got that shit secondhand, so you, that's not accurate. Yeah, come, come to the source. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna go now. Eventually there will be a proper ending to these, but uh, probably not. It's funnier. It's funnier just getting to the end and realizing I've not done it and scrambling. So have a Everyone good run. run. Everybody scatter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have a good one, everybody. I'm I'm leaving. Yeah.